0: Welcome to Caring for Caregivers, your life support podcast, where we explore what it really means to focus on our own mental health and well-being in the face of COVID-19 and other life challenges. I'm your host, Phil Rayner, and I've been working in the behavioral healthcare field as a social worker, serving in clinical supervisory and management roles for over 40 years. I'd like to welcome Linda Wolf to uh, today's episode. Linda Wolf is a blogger and life coach with certificates from the Coaching Cognition Program and the Strategic Intervention Coaching Program by Robbins Medane's Training. She writes about and creates tools and resources to help others overcome codependency, learn to love themselves, and find joy and serenity in the process. You can learn more at her blog, lindawolfcoaching.com. And so in this episode, we'll review how people-pleasing and codependency issues make it difficult to put yourself first, understanding patterns and underlying causes of behavior, and when they stop being a protective, helpful pattern of behavior, and start becoming a hindrance to growth, self-love, and respect. Linda, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Linda, can you tell us a little bit about your experience with codependency and overcoming those challenges?
1: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Well, as a young adult, i was very uh, into people pleasing. So that led to codependency. I, I wanted other people to like me. I wanted to please them. And so I would often end up saying yes when I really wanted to say no to things. And you know, it could be as simple as something where a friend invited me to do something that I wasn't really enthusiastic about all the way to, I'll give you an extreme, where I got involved with an alcoholic. And I, if he asked me to lend money when I didn't really want to, I would still do it. So, and those are very codependent activities. And then I'd feel terrible. I would, you know, dread even the small event that I'd said yes to. And uh, when I go, I'd be resentful and angry and uh, not not have very good energy. And then I would maybe try to get out of things or just be miserable when I was there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was a very uncomfortable way to respond to events. And I really didn't feel, but I didn't feel like I could say no and, mm-hmm then I felt responsible for how the other person would feel and how they would be responding. That's what the codependency was. When that's where that came in.
0: So what were some of the strategies that you developed to deal with the that codependent pattern?
1: I did develop some very practical strategies, but before I got to that, I really had to take a hard look at myself and understand my own patterns. And when I started to, to see that I was co codependent and I was doing people pleasing. I wanted to understand where it was coming from. So where it came from historically and then why I kept doing it. And what I had to do was really accept who I was, like where where I had come from and why I was still doing it. And that there were still good reasons for me to, to have those patterns. And then I also worked on letting them go. So they might've been necessary in the past to survive or to feel like I was getting through things but they weren't serving me anymore. So it took a lot of writing and sharing and reflection to get through all of that and finally let it go and get to know myself better so that now when when somebody asks me about something, I check in with myself and I know what I want to do before I respond. But I do have a very specific strategy, a six-step process that I would like to share with you if, if you guys are interested.
0: Absolutely. Please go ahead and share that.
1: Okay. So this is a 6-step process for how to say no and feel good about it. So the first step is to take a pause before you answer. So when somebody's asked you something to do something with them or for a favor, whatever it is, before you answer and go to that automatic yes, take a time take some time. Just pause and listen. Secondly, listen to your gut. Don't, don't just go with the immediate response, but listen to what you really feel inside. How will you feel if you say yes? How will you feel if you say no? And then which of those feels better or at least what feels least worse? That was another tactic I used, least worse. And then third, if the answer is no, let the other person know factually and kindly. There doesn't have to be a lot of emotion attached to that. Four, not overexplain over-explain your decision. Just be clear and calm about it. Five is stay calm no matter how they respond. You know, if they might overreact, they might get upset, they might get angry. Just stay calm. You know what you what you feel and why you're saying it. And then six, let it go.
0: Mm-hmm. That sounds like a, a great strategy and, and process for not just getting into that reactive mode that can happen with codependence, which is that knee-jerk reaction to think about and respond to what you perceive others to need.
1: Right. Exactly. Step back. Mm-hmm.
0: How is, how is that process affected by COVID?
1: I think COVID has made it more confusing to, um, to know how to interact with people. And especially if you have these codependent or, you know, these people pleasing tendencies, you want to be there, be helpful for other people. But COVID has, you know, given us these periods of, quarantine and lockdown and and in between, like the confusing basis of trying to figure out what's going on. Mm. And so the risk levels of engaging with people have gone up and down and been unclear. And so you have to reflect on where am I in this gestalt of risk and isolation and engaging with people to know how to respond to a request, like a simple request. <laughs> So while we can't always say no in professional settings, and there was a lot obviously that went on in the professional world for us with COVID, in the personal realm, you have a little more you know, like flexibility and ability to say no if it's appropriate. So this process has been helpful for me because of people, friends, play, I have young children. So being able to engage with people has been important for their development. And I want to say yes, but I have to be careful. And so it just it helps to walk through that process and say, is this the right thing for us right now? Is the risk level okay? Let me pause and think about it. What does my gut say? Um, and then let the other uh, person know that yes, this feels good, or no, this isn't appropriate for us right now. And I will say that you know, in the time of COVID, people understand people have generally been very accepting and understanding and no, because they're coming from the same place of discomfort, unease, not knowing. So I try to also be in that other position of if somebody is saying no to me and I don't think it you know, needs to be that way, but still I'm going to accept it and let people do what they need to do.
0: I agree with you that for for the most part, people have been understanding that this has been a challenging time and, and willing to work with one another and respect each other's comfort level. And at the same time, we've we've been coming through a period of time that's been particularly polarized, both in people's personal lives and family lives and in their work world. Sometimes there are very polarized responses. Do you have any thoughts about how people might use the process that you described if they were interacting with somebody who really had a very different point of view in regard to health and safety practices, or their employer was asking for uh, certain responsibilities to be met that were outside the comfort zone? I guess those are two big questions, but I wonder what your thoughts are. Sure. Those
1: are great questions. I think you know, in both settings that you're asking about, the process does help because the the first step is to pause before giving an answer. And I think for people who have a tendency to want to please the other person, it is difficult to take that step back, but it's essential to really start to understand how you feel internally. So in both, like I had I had those kinds of conflicts, both on a personal level and on a professional level, and I had to give myself time to work through. And I would encourage other people to also take that step of pausing before reacting. And I think, I mean, generally speaking, like you said, in these polarized times, it's not a bad idea to just take some time before we react or respond to people if we don't agree with them, or if it's interfering with like a family event because there are times for me i know that not all of my family was willing to get together when i on a holiday or something that i really wanted to see them and not everybody could agree so stepping back allows you to listen internally to how you feel and what you really want and it also gives the other people space to hear you rather than have a reaction and they won't be able to hear you right so there's a lot of parts of this strategy that do help in both a professional and personal setting with conflict.
0: If a person wanted to learn more about how they can develop those skills, because they they really are important interpersonal skills, how might they learn more about the process that you're describing?
1: So there's a lot of, lot of information, self-help and personal development information online, obviously. I have a blog, as as you mentioned in the intro where I explore these kinds of issues and talk about how to like deeper dive into how to practice and apply the ideas with my background as not only a life coach and blogger, but a technical writer, I like boiling things down to these very practical steps. And even though the steps seem simple and they're very, you know, short and contained and in a list form, they, give a guidance. They they offer a guide to do the deeper work. So if people want to do that work, there's life coaches out there. There's all kinds of self-help and books to to dive deep into these kinds of what's behind these steps. And going back to that first step of pausing and stepping back, there's a practice in there of separating yourself from other people. I call it detachment. Understand that you're a different person than the other. And that if you know yourself well, and you know what you want and need, and you stick with it in a calm way, then you're in a better position to interact with somebody else, even if they're reactive. So there's deeper information in each of these steps. And it's the kind of thing that I encourage if you're interested and you're seeking that you take that deeper dive and look for more information.
0: Are there lessons that you've learned in the course of your experience around codependency and in coming through the pandemic to the, to the point that we have that you would anticipate bringing forward? Yes,
1: um, I would say that in this process of saying no, there are a lot of things that I've learned and that uh, for those who are listening and thinking about how tough it might be to say no, I wanna share some thoughts because I really believe that saying no is not only good for you, it's good for the other people involved. And that's a hard shift to make. Like we think that if somebody asks for something and we say no, that we're hurting them. But in fact, I think we're, 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 helping and we're putting everybody in a better situation. And I'll give you some examples. The ways that saying no can be helpful for, for all involved is, you know, first of all, you're showing them your authentic self. You're, you're sharing what is true for you, that that's not a good activity for you to engage in right that minute or in that, you know, right at that time. Um, and they get to see you being authentic and honest and real but without like heavy emotion without blame without judgment or resentment they also get to see you taking care of yourself like taking the time to think about well, what's really best for me and then that in turn can be inspiring to them to think well if, if they can do it then perhaps i can do that and take care of myself when i get asked something you know and and really importantly if you don't say yes. I mean, if you say yes and you show up for something and you're not feeling it, they can tell. Like the energy is not as good. It can be, you know, you're bringing baggage, you're kind of you're not energetic. So it's just better to not show up, you know in a state like that. It's better to show up if you're feeling good about it. and you're giving them the opportunity to ask somebody who actually will feel good coming to that event or doing that thing with them. So there's a lot of positives in saying no.
0: I agree. And at the same time, many times people who are used to you being a people pleaser or codependent in that way may not react well initially to the pattern being broken. And so if you've said, no, that's not something that I really would rather participate in, and they don't respond well, how have you found it helpful to maintain your position and Stick with what's right for you.
1: Mm, that's a good one, and that starts to get into boundaries. Um, although saying no and sticking to it is a boundary in itself. Uh, there's those you do need to have more strategies for taking care of yourself in a reactive situation, and depending how confrontational it is, you know, there's there's different ways of dealing with it. But if the person's just generally disappointed my suggestion is to just stick with your knowledge of what's right for you. And again, in a kind way, in a firm way, not in a blaming way and and giving room for their feelings, you know, acknowledging their feelings. I understand you're disappointed. That makes sense. It's just not the right time for me to be doing something like that. How about if you, maybe you could ask somebody else, would you like me to brainstorm with you about what else could be an option here for you? So you can help them in that way. If it's really reactive, if they're angry, if they're blaming, if they're getting all over you, then, you know, you want to have other strategies like being able to get off the phone or walk out of the room or say things like, you know, that I don't appreciate how you're talking to me right now. And maybe when you cool down, we can come back to it. I'd be happy to talk about your feelings with you when you're calmer and things like that. So there's a lot of strategies for self-care in a reactive situation.
0: I think that's a great point. And and it it speaks to the importance of learning more about this, as you were saying earlier, so that if people do identify with this as as an issue, that they really might want to learn more about it because being able to set limits in that way can become complicated.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: Any other recommendations or ideas that you would have for for listeners as we're continuing to try to practice good self-care and coming through this COVID pandemic?
1: Yes. I mean, I think the one point that I want to leave people with is this idea that taking care of yourself is actually good for other people. And in a time, you know, when people are suffering from COVID fatigue and struggling to, you know, maintain their own lives, it's really, really important to know that putting your own needs first and taking care of, you know, if you're feeling isolated, if you're feeling disconnected, if you're feeling scared, take, putting those first is not selfish. It's, it's taking care of others as well. And people with codependency and people-pleasing are just naturally drawn to other people's needs and wants, and they want to. Help, And that's also a human urge. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just when we take it too far. So just putting yourself in the mix and knowing that your needs are just as valid as anyone else's is a starting point to being able to at least consider that you can take care of yourself before diving in and jumping over to, to take care of others, because you have more energy for yourself and for others when you do that.
0: Linda, I think that's probably a great point for us to um, to wrap up on. I really appreciate your time today, and um, I appreciate all the ideas that you've had to share with our listeners. So oh. thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Phil. I appreciate being here.
0: Help is here. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental health or substance use concerns, contact 1-833-FIND-HELP. This podcast is produced by Advocates for Human Potential and supported wholly or in part through an emergency COVID-19 grant to the Illinois Department of Human Services, Division of Substance Use Prevention and Recovery, from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. The sentiments expressed in this podcast are not endorsed by any of these involved entities.